Hello and welcome to Press X to Doubt. My name is Preston Wilkie. I go by, I guess, Grandpappy W on Twitch and Discord. Um, I'm here with, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, Luke. Uh, yeah, I'm Luke Kirschbaum. I go by Secret Humor Man or SHM on Twitch. Uh, and, yeah. Go ahead. What, uh, what do you normally stream whenever you're on Twitch? Um, so I've been primarily a speedrunner on Twitch of uh, retro video games for the past seven years or so. I've been speedrunning. Um, yeah, just do a lot of speedrunning of the older games, PS1 games, N64 games, things like that. I occasionally do some fun stuff for my community every now and then, but mostly it's just speedrunning the old games, trying to beat them as fast as possible. Yeah, how is the... Uh... Is there much of a community for modern stuff in terms of speedrunning? I know like Doom was always really huge, but um, is is it usually typically older games that are speedrun? If you think of like any game that comes out nowadays, um, you there's going to be a speedrunning community behind it uh, because people just love to jump at the opportunity to you know route out a new speed game and possibly find the glitches that are going to make it broken or make it really, really fast. So with almost every game that comes out, somebody out there is thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to try to beat this as fast as possible. I'm going to try to speed run it. Uh, yes, a lot of our childhood games, a lot of the games that uh, you know you played when you were a kid, things like Super Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, Ocarina of Time, Spyro the Dragon, um, these are large communities uh, just based off of people who played these games when they were little kids. and now they get to see those games sort of be busted open uh, in a way to where they're playing the game every day because they enjoyed it so much as a kid and they enjoy it still so much as an adult. And now they get just to play the game and have other people watch them play and run the game. So, Okay. So, yeah, yeah, they're They're always like people will go back to the old ones, but there's that sort of like I want to be the first and be the best mentality for anything new that comes out. And getting- yeah, it's it's hard to say because, like, for the new games, I think they take some time to get some recognition um, for people to uh, maybe take them seriously as speed games. Um, okay. Like, I'll, like I'll give an example. Like when Breath of the Wild first came out, there were a lot of different people trying to get the world record in Breath of the Wild because it was just such an open map. You could really do anything you wanted from the get go, yeah. and you know, people were wanting to be the person to find a way to break the game. And sure enough, like within, I think it was like a month to two months, people realized, uh, hey, we can use uh, the glider to skip into the Ganondorf temple and just beat Ganondorf in like 20 minutes. So right at the very beginning, people were just rushing the Ganon temple and beating the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was huge and it skyrocketed. and. Uh, it has a very large community now, um, but you know when a game first gets onto the scene, it will take a while. It will take those first couple of people to be like, okay, like what are we looking for? What's the movement like in this game? What's the speed tech looking like? Um, another example would be Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, that game came out, and I swear to God, everybody wanted to run that game because there are so many different options for movement of Mario in that game. Whether you're throwing the cap or you're rolling with the motion control or you're, you know, turning into the different things that Cappy takes control of. I mean, people were going nuts for it. And I want to say that it is the second biggest speedrunning community on speedrun.com behind Super Mario 64. I might be wrong about that. Like right right now. I I might be wrong, but 
it definitely has like over a thousand runners on the leaderboards. Like there are a, a ton of people who run that game now. That's pretty, and that's wild to me. And it's like what you were saying earlier about um, Breath of the Wild. I remember whenever all of those videos started coming out of people doing that initial, like just use the glider or use the uh, some of the abilities, like the stasis ability to knock a boulder across the map that would jump, throw them right into Ganon's uh, temple. Yeah. Like seeing them do that, it's like, hell yeah, I'm going to be able to do that too. I'm going to go out and I'm going to try it and just getting annihilated every time. Being like, you know, maybe speed running is probably not for me. Uh, I definitely don't have the patience to just learn that cycle and learn those. Uh, it, you know, it's like you, it turns into a, a real almost dance. Like you're going to have to nail every single moment in order to get that time. Um, yeah. Which is always really impressive. But um, yeah, speedrunning is always a mix of movement and tricks. And yeah, I mean, tricks, uh, when it comes to a speedrun, there are really easy tricks and there can be some like really, really tough tricks. And sometimes, yeah, the tricks get the better of the speedrunner and then people decide, uh, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Or they decide that, that they're going to run a different category that doesn't force them to do that trick. And then, you know, I I'd like to say that in speedrunning, there is something out there for everybody. I mean, I have speedrun. I'm trying to think of how many games I have speed ran before, like now, like, um, you know, in this day and age, like how many have I, do I have stashed in my repertoire? And for almost all of those categories and games that I run, uh, I've had like alternates for like hard tricks. Like I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do this instead. I'm going to lose like 30 seconds compared to like other runners, but I still get to speed run the game and I still get to enjoy what I'm doing. And, you know, it becomes if you're really in speed running for the fun, then yeah. yeah, you still get to enjoy it and do it. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's something that I think like I want to come back to. I'm a complete novice whenever it comes to the speed running community and to really all any of the lingo, uh, any of that jargon. Like I, I really am not. I didn't even know that they were considered speed games before this. So that's how uh, again amateurish I, I guess I am or ignorant I am in terms of the community. So. It can kind of sneak up on people. Yeah, and I, I really want to go over a lot of those things uh, later on. But for now, what Press X to Doubt is going to be about is we are going to present each other with about three to four recent game news articles. And one of those, or two of those, or three of those, hopefully not all four, is going to be a fake article. It's going to be something out, not necessarily outlandish, but it will not be a, it won't actually be in the news. How was your research this past yeah, week? Yeah, so I guess getting back into it. the thing that I was telling my friends is that, you know, um, you approach me with this idea of like, hey, let's talk about like the most recent gaming news and let's talk about, you know, things that are at the forefront of gaming. And I just like think back to how long it's been since I've been at the forefront of gaming, just because I've been a PC gamer for, Basically, since I went to college, I haven't really bought a video game console in so long, unless it's like an older console that I've wanted to do speedruns on. Like, I decided that I wanted to do runs on a Wii, and I didn't have a Wii, so I bought a Wii, like, refurbished on eBay. Um, like, that, say, that, what, that's like what me. What year did you buy that Wii? Like, 2017. So that was like... like it was right before I moved into this house. Like okay. it was, yeah. And you know, the Wii's been out since like, I mean, before I was in high school. So 
Yeah. You know, it's been out for over 10 years now. Um, but, you know, I'm not out there like, yeah, I'm ready to buy a PS5. I'm ready to buy the new Xbox. Like, I'm just, I, I put money into my PC and I buy PC games on Steam just to, like, keep up with my friends and other games. But for the most part, I'm still playing games that I played when I was six years old. And I'm just trying to get better at those games anyways. So, yeah, I mean, my research was like, let's take a look at, like, what the kids are doing these days. You know what I mean? Like, I would feel a little old in that respect. But at the same time, like. I'm still young in the age of gaming, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. But right. I didn't have trouble finding articles. And I found articles that I'm, I am interested in and I, and I have you know, passion about. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, think, I think regardless of my, um, you know, my little corner of gaming that I uh, hold myself into, I think I'm going to have some decent things to say. Cool. So I normally always keep up with, uh, I don't know, I just listen to a lot of recent gaming podcasts. Uh, if it comes out, I wasn't able to get the PS5 because dropping $1,000 would have been a huge hit. But I did get the Xbox uh, Series X, almost said the 1X because their naming convention is still terrible. Uh, but I got the Series X and I've been playing that, but I've been usually keeping up on any of the latest games. And I do have a little bit of an impulse buying thing. So I'm always buying uh, whatever the newest big, big one is. So I'm playing Assassin's Creed right now. I'm skipping over Call of Duty because I'm awful at multiplayer, but uh, I'm also, and we'll get into this later, uh, ready for Cyberpunk to come out. But before we uh, talk about all that, I know uh, we've got some articles that we're going to go over. And now how this is going to work is, again, we have three to four articles. One of them is fake, but we're going to go through every article as if it is real. And it is up to the person presenting the articles to try to present it as though it is a true story and try to get the other person to believe it as much as possible. And then afterwards, we're going to go back through, talk about each one a little bit briefly and try to call the other person's bluff and say, I'm pretty sure that one's, that one's the fake one. I guess I'll go ahead and get us started. Um, I have, great. what do you got for me? I've got Fortnite creates an in-game video chat that is going to be up on the side. And so they've had this in-game chat, of course, most companies do through a company called House Party. Um, and I don't know, do you, have you really played Fortnite? I was never a huge. I, I think I've played it. I think I played it for like a day. I downloaded it. I just decided it wasn't really for me. I'm not a huge Battle Royale person. Uh, I enjoy some of them from time to time. Like I, no. I played Call of Duty for a bit when it was out and I play Escape from Tarkov with my friends every now and then. but. Uh, I've never been like a huge battle royale person um, yeah, and yeah. Fortnite, Yeah. I mean, it's like the king of battle royales. Right. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm standing too. So their in-game chat I've never used, but they're actually creating an act, uh, a video chat that'll have it up on the wall or not on the wall. I mean, off to the side, off to the left. Yeah. Uh, that will, you can see everyone that joins, uh, you can have little watch parties and uh, so you can be video chatting and it, it it's all built into the game. Yeah, which that's is really, really interesting. Really impressive. Yeah, uh, I think that's the best part about it. Is you know, of course, you can have Discord on a second uh, screen. You could have your video chats open separately, but for this to be integrated completely is really really neat to me. Yeah, uh, I I I think of like video chat nowadays, and like I only video chat with my friends when we're all just like sitting in a Discord call, just kind of like 
you know, shooting ideas off each other, not really talking about anything, just kind of like, oh, we're all home after work. And it's just good to see everybody's face every now and then or whatever. But uh, to have video chat like that in a game, I don't know, it's like kind of interesting because like you're going to be focused on your gameplay, of course. But then like, you know, if you're dead or you're you're still watching your your teammates go for it or whatever. And yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a really interesting uh, idea. It's definitely the first game I've heard of that has it built in. Yeah, and I think it's the perfect game for it. It Again, I was never a huge Fortnite player, but being able to see those reactions, see them go down right at the last minute or see them get the win or something like that, uh, they've always had really big reactions within Fortnite in terms of the players. So it'll be neat, I guess, for people to be able to see their teammates in those moments. But it'll also be like a little distracting. Um I don't know if I would want to just be looking over at someone and I don't know if you will. I don't know how it it doesn't look like it's too big, so it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, I would be worried about like, what are the behaviors and the habits that you have when nobody's watching? That's true. And now, now you have to actually be conscious of like, Oh, I just died. Like I can't slam my hand on the desk or like, I can't, you know, uh, you know, or maybe if you get up and you accidentally, I don't know, you like trip or something like people are going to now see you when you're like, oh, I didn't have to worry about this before. And now, uh, now this is an embarrassing moment. Right. And yeah, normally in a party, again, just generally playing a game, you're not going to be in video chat with people as well. It's sort of rare. So that is another, it's the added layer and the added worry. Unless I, I think, I think this will serve streamers really well as well, but I'm sure most of them already have programs built around streaming together capturing together um so that it's sort of a weird who is it for yeah um, situation but let's move on what do you got for me well it's funny that you mentioned fortnite because my first article also is going to deal with fortnite even though like i said my experience with fortnite is so very limited but um you know fortnite greatest game ever made quote unquote according to some students of mine and some other younger gamers uh you know always free to download right uh, get this, Fortnite is now creating uh, monthly subscriptions to the game. I know that Fortnite has had a lot of content in the past that revolves around uh, certain events. Like they had the DJ Marshmallow concert and they had like the volcano explosion and they had like other things that go on like that. So now you can actually be a monthly subscriber to the game, support the game even more, and you will get shipped to you like dropped off the battle bus like monthly costumes and content and like i i don't know what else they really like give in fortnite like dance moves or something like that like i don't know the kids always do the the kids always do the thing or the emotes or whatever but yeah so uh yeah fortnite doing a little bit of uh finagling in the the kids pockets you know giving them the extra pocket change they will make so much money yeah and i think i think the monthly subscription uh content is exclusive so it's kind of like hey you know, subscribe to us monthly, get all these costumes and, you know, look like even uh, more of a hero or a villain or whatever they might be selling at that time. It it does feel like Fortnite, yeah, picks like the most random, like I had never heard of DJ Marshmallow prior to it being showcased on, on Fortnite, but I guess he's apparently like a really big deal, like a really big musician actually like pulls in like really decent numbers for his concerts and stuff. And then I'd never heard of him until, uh, you know, everyone started wearing the DJ Marshmallow head yeah, in Fortnite. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, this is a thing. 
That was the same thing whenever Travis Scott, I think, put on his performance uh, fall of last year yeah, or yeah. this past spring. Yeah. And that was the stu- uh, my students were insane about it. And I had no idea. Uh, I mean, I've heard Travis Scott a little bit, especially through them, but it just, I don't know if he was already as famous as he was or if that really put him on the map in the way that he got like a McDonald's. That's kind meal. of my point, right? It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like, like who has even heard of Travis Scott's music? You just know him from Fortnite and from the, the McDonald's meal. Right. Exactly. Like the large Sprite, the, all of that. And so. if they're turning those sorts of things and they're making it exclusive and there's a paywall in front of that, people will absolutely pay. And it, like I was saying earlier, they do their Christopher Nolan, uh, like they revealed, one of the trailers for Tenet, and then they did some screenings of like Batman Beyond. Um, oh my gosh, what's that other movie? Inception. They yep. screened it in Fortnite, and so if they were to screen Tenet in Fortnite, I think I would pay that monthly subscription just to go see it because I've been dying to finally actually see that movie. I never saw it in theaters. I don't know. Like you're paying a monthly subscription to watch a movie in a video game that you are playing in your house. Like, I don't know. I just think like, like at what point did our technology become so advanced that like we're, we don't prefer to go to the movies with our friends. We would rather, you know, hand on the mouse and WASD. And we're like watching, like playing the game and watching the movie. I don't know. It's just like some of that is a little, far-fetched to me that's what i like i've always wanted to and obviously up until this point it's always been free so i should have at some point um because there's not much reason not to but there's got to be so many people jumping in front of your character the entire time you're trying to watch something and doing those quick reloads and you just hear the the entire time you're trying to watch one of these concerts and i'm sure that there's they have ways around that like epic games is a lot smarter than i am so I'm sure that they have filtered that stuff out. That if they're putting that behind a paywall, that's going to be bukus. All right. So my next one is going to be okay. This one might hit a little close to home. I've got the Twitch last week came out and apologized for old uh, DCMA or DMCA takedowns, where there was a huge takedown wave at the what spring i believe where people were getting copyright hit left and right uh by publishers and twitch came out and said hey we mishandled that like crazy i'm sorry it won't happen again well they didn't say that they said we're really sorry about the way that we handled it but be prepared for it to happen again and then this week apparently there was a huge another big wave of takedowns for video game sound effects, it wasn't even songs. It was just, and I don't know, again, I'm not as tied into the community as you are, but have you seen a lot of this drama going on? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily living the mess, but I know that it's a mess. I mean, I follow several very, very popular Twitch personalities on Twitter. And yeah, I mean, Think of like the years and years that people have like spent on these channels and their content and suddenly like four to five years of content can just be gone like that because you happen to be listening listening to music while you're playing your game for your channel. Uh, Yeah, it's just all gone. I mean, I play League of Legends. I, I follow a ton of pro League of Legends players and a ton of people who, you know, they will stream League of Legends for 
14, 16, 18 hours a day, and they're almost always listening to music. And so when, yeah, when Twitch like goes through and they just like, oh, uh, you can't have music in there. So it's just all wiped. Yeah, it's like a huge deal. That's what I was going to ask. Is that how it works where if you don't have that locally saved, you're just going to lose it? Yeah. I mean, basically, like if you if you are recording while doing your streaming, then like you might have it and you might be able to. I mean, I guess you could post it to YouTube, which is going to do the same thing. They're going to mute your audio because you're listening to DMCA audio. Um, But yeah, I mean, any any like cool moment or like cool clip you had, it's gone. Like it's just straight up gone. Um, Any highlight, any clip compilation, it's gone. So has um, I, I know this. I saw this wave went out. There was a bunch of video game sound effects that were getting hit. Uh, has Twitch actually spoken out about it at all? Have they said any like, hey, so, I know we just apologized. Time for another one. Yeah, so this week they were really hitting the fact that um, just because you o- owned a video game didn't necessarily mean you owned the rights to the music in that video game, which I think is like... It's incredible. I mean, you're, you're just like splitting hairs at that point. Like, yeah, absolutely. The developers put the music in the game so that you could like have access... But I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because like on the flip side of that coin is like, yeah, you have access to the game and you get to enjoy that. But for you to publicly stream it for other people to enjoy that music in that game is a different story. And potentially make your profiting off of that. Okay, But I still think it's ridiculous because it's like, okay, what if I invite my friend over to my house and he's watching me play the game? Like, you're really going to like come into my house with a SWAT team like whoa 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 like uh we need to put earplugs on your friend because like they're not allowed to listen to this audio they haven't paid for it like blah blah you know it's kind of like that's what it feels like to me because streaming to me it just feels like a platform where all my friends can just watch me play a game yeah absolutely it's not like they're they're not profiting off of the music from my video game so i don't know and they're not and you know nobody's profiting from listening to the foo fighters while playing league of legends but like Uh, sure at some point the copyright laws hit home i guess but i i kind of appreciate the argument being brought up because it is making people look at copyright law and maybe seeing it as an outdated thing um especially with how just how internet accessible everything is nowadays right absolutely Um, so i kind of appreciate the conversation being brought up and like i said it's not really affecting me um, because I mean, I just listen to video games at the speed games that I run. I don't really have a game where I listen to music while streaming. So yeah, I haven't hit, been hit hard by it. None of my content's been deleted, but maybe come next episode, I'll be singing a different <laughs> tune if in two weeks my stuff is gone. Um, yeah, I wonder how they're going to end up sort of responding to all of this because it's just got to be a mess over it, Twitch. And again, it's like, I know that Twitch, obviously, on their end, they can't, like, host and archive every video. Um, But whenever you are just deleting years' worth of content off of someone's channel um, without really notifying them, I think that's the really big thing is, as far as I I know, it's just a takedown. Yeah, and I think the thing was, too, is that they they did notify people that they had content that was going to be removed, but they didn't tell people what the content was. So they just said, like... Hey, you have clips and VODs and things like that that contain DMCA audio, so you need to take it down. But they didn't. They don't have the time to go in there for yeah. their entire Twitch fan base and say, 
um, you have three clips, you have five clips, you have nine VODs, you know, they don't right. have and, the, and the streamer team. doesn't have that time either, though, which is no. the frustrating part is yeah. how can you go back through, you know, four years of content just to see, ooh, I was listening to a White Stripe song during this game. Uh, I'm yeah. going to have to take this out. Right. Like, yeah. And it's that age old fight. Uh, we're going to be seeing this until, like you said, people realize that the shareability uh, I mean, they should be going over and after companies more like Spotify, going after these companies that pay artists uh, less and less for their content and per stream, rather than the streamer who just has it on in the background, like the individual who is just happens to be playing it, I think. Uh, but I don't know. That just doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah. Um, what you got? All right, so I know that we uh, talked about it in the beginning. I'm going to bring it up a little bit here with Cyberpunk. I know you and I are super excited to play it. Uh, I, I'll probably buy it the day it comes out on PC, uh, you know, if the web traffic isn't too high on Steam. That's where I, I just get all my PC games on Steam. Um, there's been a lot of, like, stuff coming out with Cyberpunk is, like, what do you actually get to do in the game? And one of the questions that was asked um, – well, two, two questions were asked, uh, and this was – pretty interesting was uh somebody had asked the developers if you'll be able to get transformative surgery uh in the game and the developers um did they didn't say yes and they didn't say no so it was kind of like left up in the air for people who i guess are looking for just another sort of way to customize their character you know i right. look back at like games like skyrim it felt like when skyrim came out and like oblivion those games you know, you just think of like the customization of your character and it's like nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Like, the, it's like, uh, do your chin height, do your eyebrow yeah. length, you know, like the customization you have. Exactly. It's just like out of this world. And then, you know, you get something like that where like maybe in the middle of the game, you're like, I'm done being a female character. I'm done being a male character. I'm going to like completely change it up and. I know that some games they allow you to do that. They allow you right. to just kind of like change willy nilly no, because that's that, a it's not really about the character. Too. Yeah, yeah. But this is like such a big thing. Like Grand Theft Auto. Like I think of Grand Theft Auto very close to Cyberpunk. In Grand Theft Auto, you have to just create a completely new character. So yeah. I do. I do think it's interesting that games are, um, I guess, becoming more cultural. What's the word? Culturally. Yep. <laughs> is that the word culturally relevant to yeah. today's age? Um. Because I'm sure you have gamers who like look at that and they're like, oh yeah, like that's another accessible thing I have in the video game. Right. And I think with something like Cyberpunk is it works so well in fiction that, I mean, everything, if you're modifying swords into your arm, then you should be able to modify yourself and your body in other ways uh, that can express sort of your identity in a way that is important to you. I mean, there's there are so many arguments within the game that supports that option Yeah, um, that it'd be silly not to allow you to just recustomize anytime. So for the, what was I going to say? Yeah, that's actually a big thing as well in Assassin's Creed is while you're not necessarily changing the identity, it's sort of weird. So you have the main character Ivor or Avor, which starts off as a male and then will switch to female and they discuss that in fiction um but it's have you played the old assassin's creeds i have played one and two 
Yeah. So you know how it's like a, a digital recreation of the past or whatever. Right. Yeah. So this yeah, digital recreation is or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a long time. No. Yeah. The one and two were great, but it's it has been, definitely been a long time. There, a lot of games are doing that now, where you're allowed to choose and even swap. Well, okay, I say a lot. That's two. Uh, so right, maybe yeah. not so many, but. Yeah. Uh, so that was the that was the first bit about Cyberpunk. That was the first question oh, yeah. I was asked to the developers. The second question, and this is going to be like a really odd question, um, but somebody had asked if you get to eat spaghetti during the game, <laughs> and the developers also said Fingers did crossed. not say no and did not say yes. So it's sort of like, and these were like things that you know these were quotes that were going up on Reddit of like the things that the developers of cyberpunk said so i don't know if it's just like i don't i, don't, I can't remember what company is making cyberpunk but i don't know if it's just like run CD by Project a bunch of like Ed. memers but like people right. who like you know it feels like nowadays if you're not a memer on your social media like you're not going to get a big following and then if you are if you're like dropping dank memes like every day then like people are like oh my god these developers are so cool they're so like yeah, yeah. Or whatever so yeah so they're like do you get to eat spaghetti and they're like well we can't we can't say yes or no to that question. So, so they're like, I, so I'm just like picturing like the Keanu Reeves spaghetti scene, right? Um, and they just like they're sharing a candlelit dinner. You and Keanu Reeves yeah. just hanging out. Like there's gameplay where you're twirling the fork of spaghetti. And if that's what caused the November to December delay, right. I'm going to be very pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I, I wonder just are they scrambling right now just like get spaghetti in this game somewhere i don't care where yeah um my last one is microsoft has been going to uh japan and they've been trying to acquire studios in japan and this is i don't know if you uh over the past couple of years microsoft has taken on about 14 different smaller independent companies and brought them into the fold like Obsidian, um, the guys that make Hellblade Sinua's Sacrifice. Okay. They've done a lot in terms of bringing in companies, but many of those are European or American. So now they're bre- they're reaching out to Japan, and they talk to From Software, um, the creators of Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and of course they've got a big thing going on right now with the Demon Souls remake. But Miyazaki... Uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the lead developer for From Software and one of the sort of design leads over there, mm-hmm. said that Microsoft's what's the word I'm looking for? Microsoft Microsoft's customer base is not hardcore enough for them to align themselves sort of with Microsoft. Like they're not going to allow themselves to be bought. Okay. Because they have this partnership with Sony in a way that they are getting in contact with the more hardcore players. Uh, yeah. And that's a big thing. Have you ever, have you played Dark Souls? Uh, any of those? I know, again, those are pretty big speed running. They've got some good following, but a, a lot of games do. Yeah, um, I have casually played one. Well, I've, ca- I've casually played all of them. I've beaten Dark Souls 1 probably four or five times. I've beaten Dark Souls 3 twice. Yeah. Um, I never got through 2. I just thought 2 was not as good. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I almost feel like that's a really scary thing to say that people who play on Xbox or people who are Microsoft customers are not hardcore enough. 
I will uh, say, like, like you almost like dig in a hole. Right, exactly. But the idea is, I, I will say, I do not know many hardcore games on Microsoft that are or on Microsoft on Xbox that are specific to Xbox. Like you have all these Dark Souls games that are between both consoles, but Microsoft doesn't have its uh, Microsoft doesn't have its franchise that is for the more hardcore players. They they are very not I wouldn't say family oriented. You have obviously like Gears of War, you have Halo and things like that, but they are sort of for the general public more so than these these niche hardcore players that really want to be punished, right? Um whereas Sony with Bloodborne with uh even God of War had a lot of elements like that. They really leaned into that hardcore audience yeah no i definitely agree with you yeah because a lot of their you know a lot of microsoft's big you know hard-hitting franchise titles are still just like like you said gears of war halo um those games are meant for the majority of people to play rather than the sort of hack and slash try it until you succeed uh kind of gameplay you see that more often with playstation and with pc games yeah, absolutely. And I th- I really am we'll get into this a little bit later I guess when we talk impressions and we're talking general chat, but man, I am regretting not having a PlayStation 5 with Demon Souls coming out. It looks amazing. It looks so good and so smooth. And for Xbox, I mean, I've got Valhalla. I would have that on PlayStation 5 too. It's fine. We'll get into that later. But uh yeah, that was I desperately want that hardcore experience from Demon Souls. And can't get it on Microsoft. Uh, what's next? All right. Uh, lastly, I've got a little bit of Steam information. Uh, I do, like most of my game library is on the computer. It's on PC. So I, I have a lot of Steam games and things like that. So, you know, I was curious, like, hey, and looking this up, I'll just look up, hey, what are the top sellers right now on Steam? Like, what's really going on? So there was um, a DLC that was released uh, just last week that has topped the Steam top selling list. Uh, and it is American Truck Simulators Colorado DLC. Um, if you're not familiar with American Truck Simulator, it is exactly how it sounds. You take control of a a big rig, a, a semi, yeah. uh, you know, and like on your computer or like the interface that a trucker would see. You know, yeah. I don't even know what a trucker's interface necessarily looks like. I mean, I don't know how many more buttons they have, but like. It's you just have a big, you got a big wheel, you got a big stick shift, you got like some more buttons on your dash than a normal car or truck, mm-hmm. and this time you're trucking through Colorado, and that DLC like sold big compared to like other games that were released last week. And this it is was a- on the top selling chart, right? This is over. This is not top of DLC. This is like top. This is top of all the games that were sold. Like every, like all the content that was sold on Steam last week, it was like at the top of the charts. This is a that must have been a slow week, Jesus. Yeah. So that well, that's what I was saying. I was like, it's either got to be a slow week or like people are sleeping on American Truck Simulator. Right. Like, right. There's got to be something there. Like I don't know if you get to like crash into cars or like you just get to like mow people over. But like, I guess people really wanted to drive around Colorado because they're like, dude. I am like so down to get this game and it was out selling other games. Like you have other PC games that are hitting it huge right now. Like Hades, 
Like yeah. Hades yeah. just got out of early access and people are going nuts for Hades. Uh, it's actually one of the nominees for the game of the year. I'll get into that a little bit later on in the episode. And like, it's surpassing like Hades and like other games, like it, as a top seller, I'm like, what is going on with this game? I don't know if there, there might have been a secret group out there. That's like, <laughs> guys, it would be really funny if, you know, we got Some a million other. people to buy this like dollar ninety nine DLC where we get to drive through Colorado, right? Or whatever. I don't actually even know. I, you know what? In fact, I'm gonna look up. I don't actually know how much the DLC cost. Um, but yeah. I would be amazed that enough people would like band together to be like, oh yeah, like. There's you know, no like, way that it's more up. than like. Uh, it's got. There's no way it's more than five dollars. Like that would be insane. Yeah. Uh, I, I think like there's such a big audience for those simulator games because it is such a it's a weird like escape. How much is it? All right. Uh, the information that I am being presented with is that the DLC was eleven ninety nine. What? Uh, and it had an in-game event, uh, World of Trucks Cruising Colorado, and it literally just says roam through the Rocky Mountains, haul, haul cargo on the million dollar highway, unlock Colorado specific Steam achievements. That is and insane. And this was a top seller. In fact, I have friends. I have multiple friends on here who own the game, who own this <laughs> DLC. Is that a good streaming game? I mean, obviously, now you can't just play music in the background while you drive. So that's yeah. going to be killing. That's such a weird concept. Yeah. I, I, I will say, after this conversation, I am compelled to go and buy it just to find out exactly <laughs> just why. Just to see what is going on. And, I feel like it's like it was a weird thing of a maybe a Streisand effect. I don't know if that's really the right phrase here, where once it started moving up, people were like, wait, what's this? I've got to buy it to find out. And all of a sudden it just takes off and now it's super popular. Yeah, that's really wild. I really like that. Uh, so I think we have our three articles each. Yeah, there you we go. Have, uh, Fortnite news, Fortnite news. Uh, <laughs> we've got. Man, Fortnite, even for people that don't play it, still dominates the conversation sometimes. Yeah. And it's crazy that this long, That's just how big the game is. Right. And it's been, since I started teaching almost, it has been one of the most popular games for all students. Yeah. Uh, for everyone. But uh, Fortnite News, Fortnite News. We've got the uh, Miyazaki News with From Software and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the, oh yeah, the DMCA takedown yes. for Twitch. And then you had the American trucker simulator Colorado edition, which is yep. amazing. And I yes. really, I can't wait to play it now. Uh, <laughs> and then what was your third one? Uh, my third one was the cyber, the cyber. additions to cyberpunk, uh, that are being tossed around by developers and their audience, uh, and the ability to change and the ability to edit your character and all that. And spaghetti and the Absolutely. ability to possibly eat spaghetti in a yeah. video game yeah um i'm going to call your bluff i'm going to press x to doubt uh mm -hmm. on the Fortnite news i don't think they're gonna do a subscription model i think that would not be suicide for that company but i i feel like i would have heard about that was i right all right. Well, the reveal is you are incorrect. Are you kidding? They're actually and Fortnite doing is releasing a monthly subscription for costumes and other in-game content. 
Okay. Uh, so I don't know. The... I don't know how soon it's coming, but they have announced that that plan is in the works. That's ridiculous. And it is coming. Yes. And I wonder how much of this comes after. Well, that's crazy because especially you just had Epic getting really pissed off at Apple, yeah. having this stupid public spat over how much they were making off of everybody's downloads. And now they're turning around and building in this monetization system that locks behind content that used to be free. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't you why don't you take a second guess? And I've limited American it down to two simulator. now. <laughs> the trucker simulator one for sure. Uh, I will now reveal that you are still incorrect. <laughs> and American <laughs> Trucker Simulator is at the forefront of the Steam's top seller list as of last week. Okay, so was it part one of your cyberpunk thing? Uh, it was actually both of them. Both of them have not been. Uh, both of them were asked of the developers, but the developers did not give uh, oh, specific okay. answers. They did not allude to the fact of having either of those things in the game or you know the possibility of those, if that makes sense. Ooh, so, okay, so yeah. those semantics got me. Those yeah. semantics. Is that like... I, I had seen that weird the tweet about the spaghetti, and you're yeah. right that it was like it was just sort of a maybe a Reddit thing. Yes, that someone created. Yeah, who would have thought American because Assassin's Creed Valhalla released last week, yeah. and that is it's they've said said that this is the largest release that they've ever had. Yeah. So for America, and I don't know. I'm sure it was like the day before or whatever. I don't know when, what date it topped this chart. Mm -hmm. But that's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. I I think it did. I think it was on the top sellers chart prior to the consoles coming out and everything, or everything being released. Like I want to say, I want to say when I was looking up stuff last week, uh, it was like an article from three days ago. So like, okay, I was doing research on Friday, and I think like on Tuesday, it was like American Trucker Simulator is like popping off on Steam, and mm -hmm. all these people are are playing in Colorado and getting this DLC. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. I cannot wait to play it now. Um, I feel like I want to look at the stream numbers for that too. I want to see if people are actively streaming. You know, what's funny is that when I just looked up the price, it said that the developers were currently broadcasting it live. So like Something's going right on. now it's got a big following for whatever reason. And I don't right. know what it is. Um, that's how I'm going to make it big. I'm going to get more than three followers because of American truckers. All I can guess is that I'm sleeping on American trucker simulator. Yeah, and I have to buy it. So, all right. Well, uh, Preston, when I look back at your three stories, uh, all three interesting stories, by the way, all three things that I was, I was very willing to talk about and give my yeah, thoughts thanks. on. Um, I, I think I'm also going to have to guess the Fortnite news because I'm also going with the bluff of uh, like, I'm going to press X to Dow on your Fortnite story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get the plug in there real quick. Uh, right. Because I also think if there was something that big and like you said, like we're two people who do not play Fortnite and it was our first article, both of us, because we yeah. were just so ready <laughs> right? because of course, when you do the research, what's going to be the top stories, Fortnite stuff, right? But I would be very surprised to have gone as long as I have without hearing that announcement of in-game video chat. And I think you even said it yourself that who does this, who is that market right. for? Right, what's the audience for? What's, but what, who is it? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Wow. I, I seriously, seriously doubted it. That, that, 
there's no way that that would be built in, but. Right. And I are. don't know. I, I want to check actually real quick. I've got it up on my computer. I do want to see it's on PC, PS5 and PS4, which PS5 and PS4, who besides streamers has an actual webcam set up with their console in order to stream or in order to just, if not stream, yeah. then do this house party thing. Like that's such a weird addition to create and who's not even originally having house party as their in-game voice chat who's not just using the console voice chat or discord yep i completely agree with you like why go through the third party when it's all integrated anyways just Um, to have the video of your friends yeah point and you have to be with your uh, epic games account and uh oh it's coming to ios and android yeah I, i don't yeah, I don't know. I have no clue. It's such a strange... And I wonder if I, like, seriously, now that I'm really reading through it again, I'm wondering if it's, like, an early April Fool's because it just sounds so silly. Yeah. Uh, but, it, it, yeah, as far as I know, it's true. Wow. Well, then, I can only assume, because I know the DMCA stuff is real, that your lie yeah. is the uh, from software saying that their fans weren't hardcore enough. Right. That but like, is uh, but I so believe that because I was like, you know, that would be something that the creators of Dark Souls would say. They would <laughs> right, be, they'd right. be like, guys, come on. You've played our games. Uh, yeah. You know that Microsoft doesn't deserve a franchise like this. Right. And I think people would normally agree with that and say, yeah, no, they, they are. Uh, Microsoft is attached more to a casual audience than I would say PlayStation is. But yeah, that one is um, fake. Uh so Phil Spencer did go and he played their next game, Elden Ring, which on Reddit apparently has a huge, crazy subreddit that is... I've never even heard of it. It's all they have put out is a uh, video trailer or a CG trailer. Nothing, no gameplay, no anything. And people are chomping at the bit and freaking out as if they have been waiting 15 years for this game. Um, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be interesting. but. People are a little, and I'll probably get attacked for that, but people are a little bit overzealous about this game. However, Phil Spencer said he went and played. He said it's great. It's the most ambitious game they've ever made. So he did recently go over to Japan and uh, get to sit down with Hidetaka Miyazaki. But one of the things also was the idea of them going to Japan was originally floated out as a rumor that they were going over to uh, pull in some new talent and get some new studios. And Phil Spencer said, that's just categorically false. That's not happening, which maybe there is something happening there. Um, but I'm more inclined to believe Phil Spencer than I am the, sure. uh, some rumors, but. And that, uh, I mean, that sounds feasible to me. I mean, you see, right. you mean you see bigger companies absorbing smaller companies all the time. So yeah, I, I think, it'd think be... Microsoft was absorbing a couple other gaming studios. I mean, I would think a couple of gaming studios would be really excited to be picked up by Microsoft. Right. And I, so... I would think that going to Japan and getting that Japanese market is a really smart move for them because, yeah. um, <clears throat> I mean, PlayStation has long been in the Western market. So for uh, Microsoft, they really don't have a huge following over there. And to find their way in, that would be really, it would be a smart move, but I don't know if it's true. Right. Uh, yeah. So I guessed wrong twice, which is 
insane. Uh, and then I guess you missed once. Uh, I think we had talked previously about making maybe in the future adding a betting system of some sort. Yeah. Which I think would be interesting. Um, I don't know if it works super well in terms of the quick reveals, but right. what do you think about doing something like that later? Uh, testing I definitely out? think it could be interesting. I think I think that you're right that we do have to find a format in which money makes sense, right? And we're going to, you know, we're actually realistically gonna like be throwing around money. Yeah. Um, like we might have to have like what is a you know, what's like the small bet? What's like the big bet? Maybe play some maximums on it, but it's like, I'm going with the big bet. Like, I feel really good about this. Yeah. Versus like the small bet of like, I don't know, all three of those are really close, really right. like similar. I'm not really sure, you know. But, I think that would, yeah, I mean, I think that would be something that throws a little more interest into the future episodes. And I think that's sort of what I was envisioning in that idea of like, I've got it. Like today, I knew your Fortnite was fake. And like, I was like, that one is fake. I know it easy. Yeah. And then it was completely, I would have bet full bet on that one yeah. because I hadn't heard anything about it. No. And I would have done the same for yours. Right. And so it's just, it's kind of crazy that, uh, I think there is that opportunity for the, Oh snap. I just lost however much money or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it would be very much, but that's something I guess we can table and come back to you. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So are you ready to move into the general discussion? Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, let's. You want to take a quick break, real quick, and then come back to it here in 15? Sure. That sounds good. All right. We will be back in a minute. All right. And we are back. And now we're going to be getting into the sort of general discussion section where we're going to talk about. Uh, I think we're going to start with some speedrunning topics. Uh, I had a couple questions for SHM here. Just again, like I was saying earlier, I'm kind of a novice about speedrunning, so we're gonna I'm gonna figure out and learn learn me some stuff. Then we're gonna move into some of the console launch conversation, and then finally, uh, the Game Awards were just announced today, so we're gonna get into a little bit of discussion about that and sure. talk about what we think the good games are, what uh, what we agree with, what we don't agree with, and why American Truck Simulator Colorado Edition should have been <laughs> on Best Game of the Year. Uh, so I guess my question, my main question is, what do you think that you speedrun, what, what game do you think you speedrun the most? I think the game that I've put the most hours into uh, on my channel is Banjo-Tooie, which is the sequel to Banjo-Kazooie on the N64. Um, usually for most of the speed runs that I do, I run the 100% category of those speed games. So usually it's like collecting all the game totals, collecting everything that's in all the levels, and then beating the final boss and being done with the speed run. Um, so it's kind of like... I've just always been a completionist as a casual gamer. So it's yeah. almost like running the game to 100% completion all the time. And is that so? Do those categories still allow for glitching and all of that? That's like a specific category of no glitch, right? No, like 100%. Like all speed games, unless they are notified as glitchless speed runs, um, oh, that's you're, allowed, okay. you're allowed to do just about everything. Uh, and there's differences between the glitches and cheats. Like if you go out of your way to type in a cheat code that the game, you know, put in there as a cheat, 
Okay. Uh, those are usually not allowed in speedrunning. But the oversights that are in the games that the developers didn't pay attention to, those are used cat- catastrophically in speedruns. Um, in that, yeah, we're just going to exploit this because the you know developers didn't see it coming. Like I, I have run Donkey Kong 64 in the past, and it is notoriously one of the most broken speedruns because... <laughs> You can essentially walk through any wall you want to in that really? game. Yes. Like you can, and not only can you walk through walls, you can fall through walls and you can swim through walls and you can <laughs> climb through walls. And so is this you, one of those weird things where you have to like go up to it backwards and sort of like keep pushing and then it'll force you through? Or is it like on that game, you just easily kind of go right through? Uh, yeah. Like sometimes it just depends. Like there's like a bush that's like, way too close to the edge of the wall. So you just like get behind the bush and crouch and then turn a certain way. And suddenly the bush pushes you out of bounds. In fact, the trick is called bush push. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, sometimes it's like uh, I come over to this corner uh, in this, you know, um, hub area and I do a backflip with one of the Kongs and uh, the corner was just built too low and so the speed of the Kong going into the corner, you just you have enough speed to clip outside of ba- out of bounds in the corner, and then you can just walk around to the back of the level. So, so is it whenever you're doing these 100? Uh, percent How often are you still really using these glitches or uh, these sort of exploit glitches, like these oversights? Yeah, uh, if how- there's a way to do something faster, you're using it. Okay. Unless it's like a really tough trick, right? You talked about uh, trying out the um, the the force launch in Breath of the Wild, right? Like, yeah, that's something I don't, I don't necessarily know how difficult that trick is, or you know, compared to tricks that I know in certain speed games. But uh, yeah, I mean, if there's a trick that's really really difficult, uh, then yeah, I'm usually avoiding it, and I'm like, you know what, I will just do it the regular way, or I'll do it the slower way because I don't want to sit here and try to you know, lose time trying to accomplish this trick. Yeah, I guess that's true. But every glitch that I know how to do and I can do consistently, I'm doing it to save time. Because ultimately the goal is just to, you know, beat your personal best and go faster and all those kinds of things. So here's a weird um, one that I was thinking of. Uh, So the other day I dropped in to your Twitch and you were doing, I think, Ocarina of Time, maybe? Uh, Um, Not me. I wasn't doing an OT. But you might have seen... You might have seen the channel I was hosting. Um, I host a channel called Banjo Race, which is a community-built channel of people in the Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie communities. And they have been doing a Ocarina of Time randomizer tournament. Um, oh, random- cool. Randomizer is something that's it, – it is a speedrun, but it's also completely different than speedrunning because – Normally, when you speed run a game, you have like a route. Like the route is like, go to do this, go to do that, go to do this. And this route tells you the fastest way to do something. Well, a randomizer, um, you play randomizer on uh, a specific custom cartridge uh, called an EverDrive. Uh, You can order these uh, online. And this is an EverDrive that you can plug an SD card into the top. And... With that, you're basically allowed to load any hacked version of a specific N64 game. And so uh, runners of Ocarina of Time, they run a what's called a ROM hack. Uh, and so what it does is the game, you plug in some options 
and the game will completely randomize the spawns and locations of certain items that you need to beat the game. And so you're when you load up the game, you're like, okay, I loaded up the game. I know that I need hookshot, I need light arrows, I need fire arrows, but some of that stuff might spawn in its usual location. Some of it might spawn in a completely different area of the game. And it's like, who can find all the items to beat the game faster? So it's almost like it, it turns it into like a procedurally procedurally generated game. Yes. Every single time where it's yeah. it, like a roguelike, it's going to be different. It's going to change. Right. And you're just going to still try to run as. That's exactly. pretty cool. That's and really so neat. all of these banjo runners uh, have started picking up Ocarina of Time randomizer because they find it really fun. And so Banjo Race specifically created a Ocarina of Time randomizer for Banjo-Kazooie speedrunners <laughs> tournament. So it's a pretty specific like niche thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of the channels that I host when my stream is offline. So I'm assuming that's what you saw because yeah, I myself have played Ocarina of Time once and it was just this past year. Uh, on oh, really? So Did you play it all the I, way through? No, I actually okay. have never beat it. I have beat maybe... I, I stopped after Dodongo's Cavern. That's where my casual game file ended. So yeah, yeah. within the first couple hours of the game, like didn't even go adult or anything. So whenever... Whenever I dropped in on that, one of the things that it seems like is that Link goes faster if he's backflipping. He moves faster backwards. That is correct. How the hell do people listen to that annoying? And do you just turn down your own volume and you just shut out sort of some of those sound effects? Because uh, his little, I, I love the Link noises. They're fun yeah. sometimes. Yep. But hearing it over and over and over again. And that's got to no, be the same it. thing for speedrunning in other games, right? Yeah, I mean, I so it's funny you say that with annoying sounds because anybody who has watched Banjo Kazooie or Banjo Tooie, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with those games. A little it's bit. It's like the, the bear and the bird. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. If you go into Talon Trot, which is where the bear carries the bird, you know, and the bird walks around on its feet. All um, right. If you jump while you're in Talon Trot, the bird makes a little. Woo sound. And so, <laughs> believe it or not, the fastest way to move in Banjo-Kazooie okay. is constantly jumping. And so, but as a speedrunner who's played those games over and over again, I have just completely tuned that out. I mean, yeah. I'm paying attention to my chat. I'm paying attention to the movement and my tricks that I don't even hear it anymore. But if you go, like if you watch a popular streamer do Banjo-Kazooie, I mean, like half the chat is like, woo, 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 because that's all they're hearing. Right, so, right. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, but I think speedrunners for the most part have like tuned that out. Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of like living near a train or something where you, it, right. yeah, it's whenever it is absent from your life, then it becomes a little weird. Uh, yeah, they, I, I don't know that I think would have how, how much speaking of that, I guess, do you believe that sound factors in? Because for the speedrunner, can you just turn that off? And then you don't think, I mean, at this point, a lot of things become muscle memory, right? But do those sound and audio cues sort of tell you and reinforce and sort of like uh, confirm that your inputs are what they're supposed to be in a way that is quicker? Like, do you think it matters that much if you have the audio on? Yeah, I think it depends um, per speed game. There are just some games where you just don't need audio cues. Like you, you just really don't need them. You, you're able to speed run the game without them. Uh, and then for some games, like you are listening for an audio cue in order to like, it's like, okay, a frame after I hear this, I have to press the Z button or this trick will not work. 
Um, and so, yeah, sometimes it just depends. Because, like, uh, the very first speed run I ever did was Diddy Kong Racing. And believe it or not, that game actually runs faster if you mute the in-game music. Um, weird. And obviously music, really you know, the Diddy Kong Racing soundtrack is phenomenal. It's, like, yeah. some of the best video game music ever. Uh, but the game runs faster if you don't use it. I don't know why that is. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, like, some... Some of the like top runners, they haven't listened to the music or the sound effects for that game in years right. because all they have to pay attention to is like, am I hitting all the zippers on the ground? Am I hitting my boost balloons when I need to? Am I collecting enough bananas on the first lap? Am I nailing my barrel rolls? And they just don't care. But obviously, you know, people like me, I'm playing Diddy Kong Racing. I want to listen to the awesome yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. And I will give up the 30, 45 seconds that I might save just to hear the soundtrack while I'm playing the game. Yeah. So I'm going to, I want to, I think I'm going to ask you one more question about speedrunning because yeah. I think this, I want to keep part of this uh, just generally as it being something that you're so invested in. I don't want to exhaust the conversation of speedrunning. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. You get what I mean? So that way we can yeah. always, we can come back to it as part of the general discussion Yeah, because I find it really fascinating, but I guess one of the things that I wanted to know is what to you is the most frustrating game that you have speed run. Uh, and is that the right, like yeah. using that as a verb speed like, run? What's, the, what's a difficult game to speed run? I think yeah. what you're meaning to say that I have done before. Like what's yeah, probably or, the most difficult one to run and finish. Difficult, or just even if it's not uh, the, the one that just pisses you off. <laughs> the one that really yeah, gets um, I, That's tough because there are a couple speed runs that I can think of that. I mean, there are speed runs of games that I have done in the past that I simply don't run the game anymore because of because of some external factors, but also just because I didn't really enjoy doing the speed run of that game that much. Yeah, But I would say... Out of the most difficult that I've done, um, and I just picked this up this year, actually, is I started running uh, Paper Mario uh, for the Nintendo 64, and I run the category called All Cards, um, which means that you don't have to collect everything in the game, but you do have to collect all seven of the Star Spirit cards before you would beat the game. So it's it's kind of like intended gameplay a little bit, but it's not like they do have a glitchless category. And I don't run glitchless. Like, I do plenty of glitches in the all-cards category. Mm -hmm. Paper Mario is notoriously difficult because... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Paper Mario, like, combat system. But it's, like, there are certain action commands. Like, if you press A right before you're about to jump on an enemy, you'll do extra damage. And if you press A right before an enemy is going to deal damage to you, you will take less damage. Okay. And things like that. It's almost oh, like yeah, a turn-based yeah. turn -based combat. Yeah. And the final boss, Bowser... Uh, you do the entire fight at one HP, um, for <laughs> really? for for specific you know to go fast reasons, okay. and that means that if you fail an action command, you you die, and then it's game over. And then doing the entire final final Bowser fight is like another eight minutes. So you can like get to the end of the game and be on final Bowser. One. And if you screw up one A press. Your run's over. Like you are oh, not going to get a personal bet, and it's over. So, like right now, I've been on I've been on PB pace, personal best pace. Um, the last three or four times I've done that run, and I have lost all three and four <laughs> runs to the final Bowser fight. So, it's sort of like a thing where it's like I know I probably need to sit down and just practice final Bowser. But even yeah. in the moment of doing final Bowser, it's like 
the pressure's on. I know if I fail, the run is over. And yeah, so I mean, for that reason, I, I find it difficult. But yeah, that sounds miserable. I would. There be are so way, way, way harder speed runs out yeah, there. That's just the. And I'm glad that I don't run those games. Yeah, but out of the games I run, I would probably say Paper Mario. Okay. Cool. Nice. It's most difficult. So I uh, look forward to watching you mess up that A. Uh, that a button oh, press. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm doing other stuff right now. I'm going to come back to Paper Mario probably in 2021. But yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, nice. I'm sure there will be plenty of plenty of Final Bowser fails in the future. <laughs> right. In my future. Um, so. I think the next thing that we were going to talk about a little bit is just console releases. I yeah. don't know how much you've been keeping up with uh, the uh, these big releases, obviously, it's a big part of gaming news currently with both the Xbox Series X and S and then the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 5 Digital yeah. coming out last week. Um, Series X or the Xbox is, I guess, on the 10th, PlayStation on the 12th. Yep. <clears throat> have you yeah, looked- you'll have to educate me a little bit here because I don't even know, like, what are the differences between the Series X and the Series S for the so Xbox? This- the Series X is the more powerful. Uh, it's it's the twelve teraflops. It can run four K. At is that the one that floats the ping pong ball? Uh, yeah, that was a, apparently a fake video. I feel oh, okay. like so again. I I was able to get my hands on the Series X. I love it. It's really really fast. And I will say so that the ping pong ball, uh, Xbox came out afterwards and was like, no, you can't do that. I feel like you could. I haven't tried it yet, but the amount that that fan is just and it's so quiet you don't hear it at all but the way that it is just it is working overtime and it yeah. is so hot i had probably and i know this is on me but i had about inches of clearance above the series x yes and for the wood that was just above it it was feeling like i was worried about that ikea furniture melting like it yeah. was just so bad so yeah. I did put it on top of my uh, stand behind my TV. But the Series X is the powerful one. It has a disk drive, super fast load times, really, really great. It's the refrigerator, the one that just is a big old block. Yeah. And the Series S is the one that looks like a speaker. It's all digital. There is no disk drive. And it's a little bit, you know, it's underpowered as compared to it but it's $200 cheaper. So you can play next-gen games yeah, and really, really good quality. It still runs 4K. It just might not hit easy 120 frames or something like that or uh, stable 60 frames as easily. Uh, but for only $300, you're getting into this-gen console if you can get one. Uh, I think that's really interesting that I didn't even know that a, a console was going to do that move and try to go like full digital. I, I yeah. always felt like when I was on the Xbox 360, this was back like this was early college years for me that I still played on my Xbox 360. But I felt like they had just recently started to go, OK, we're going to put some of our old games on yeah. the Xbox Live Arcade. If you want to buy a game or even install a game onto your hard drive and not have to worry about having the disc version, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. And I know for me and my friends, it was like, well, screw that. Like, why would we do that? Why would we, right. why would we fill up our hard drive with games? We could just buy the physical copy of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but I was, think that a lot of people are seeing that digital 
like library as like a, a, a real thing. Yeah. And that, I, that was the school of thought up until I would say a year and a half, two years ago, where it was just this idea. I think one of the biggest changes for this is that modern games, whenever you, you don't just throw it in and play, you still have a 45 gig update that gets downloaded. You're still waiting an hour for it to install or whatever. You don't get to just throw it in, unfortunately, which is really frustrating. So now it sort of does come down to what's the disc for? Um, there was something where I saw recently that the data on the Assassin's Creed disc was like one gig, whereas the game itself is like 47 gigs. So it's yeah. like you're just buying a license. Yeah. Um, and, in, and putting a license into your computer. And the so a lot of people are just like, well, I'm downloading this game anyways in the end. And now I'm just tethered more than anything to the disc. Um, and of course, with COVID, you're just not going to stores anymore. And for me, a big thing, I used to love uh, midnight releases. Like I used to work at GameStop too. And even though you're tired after a long day of work, working those midnight releases was always a huge blast. A lot of games, what they'll do is they'll release based on your time zone. So for me, if I want to play the new Spider-Man, whenever it releases, I could play it at 11 p.m. You know, if I download it and download it three days early, or I could wait, go to the midnight release, pick up my disc, come home, put it in. It's still got to install 50 gigs. Then I'm waiting two hours playing at 1 a.m. And it's just not as well. I don't think the act of downloading is nearly as satisfying as those fun times at midnight releases. Obviously that's not happening anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah. Can we like sidetrack a little bit? Like when, when did we get to the point where you had the game in your hand and you still had oh, to install like 40 to 50 gigs to play the game? I mean, beginning like, of like, Xbox and Xbox one X and PS4. I yeah. I mean, you were doing that yeah. almost right from the get go. And they were doing things like they were promising a lot of things yeah. at the beginning, like, and this is absurd that they would even have to, it would be a promise, but they were saying like, you could do uh, play now features where it would only download 10 gigs and then you go ahead and start playing while you wait for the rest to install. And they, at the beginning of the life cycle, of, uh, I guess now last gen, they were like, yeah, this is the next big thing. And then very few companies ended up actually incorporating it. And so you still waited the full and you have something like Call yeah. of Duty, which is a hundred gigs. Like that I don't and I I mean it just wouldn't fit, right? Hundred gigs would not fit on a disc. And so we would be going back to uh Final Fantasy seven on the PS2 where it was however many discs. Like you know, you just couldn't do that. But yeah, it's still such a shame. It's so frustrating that you have to wait even though you have that disc in your hand and it, it, that's been going on forever. But I guess this is a, a discussion we should table for next time. But with the onset of streaming and streaming games, uh, like I was playing Minecraft Dungeons on my phone through Xbox uh, Game Pass xCloud and just playing it off my phone yeah. streaming um, and it's instant or you have stadia and there is that latency between it and there's those issues in terms of input and stuff but it's not half bad um of course then you get in the yeah. idea of who actually owns the game and there's so many issues with that but 
we are moving past those really long take forever install times and it seems like that was just a generational thing yeah so how have you been enjoying the i mean how have you been enjoying yeah you know i'm not going to purchase these consoles but i know that you you are more of the console gamer so i mean how are you um appreciating the xbox uh, series like all right well or you can compare it to some it's, of the other consoles you've had and maybe it's underwhelming give me some, pros, give but, me some cons uh it's underwhelming in a good way it, which is weird because there's there's not as much as a generational significance like yes it is so much prettier it's so much faster but i was lucky enough to get a pc from my brother-in-law uh last year and he is it's a good PC. Uh, so I'm very grateful. Thank you, Andrew. And so I've been running games at a 1440 at 60 frames. And if that's what the Xbox has to offer, while it's great, it doesn't feel very significant. I'm sure for console only gamers, it's huge. Um, load times are immediate almost. They are incredibly decreased. But the idea is that it doesn't feel like a jump. It doesn't feel like a leap. There's nothing that sells the console to me that makes me feel like yes this was five hundred dollars and i'm like i said and i came from the xbox one so i didn't do that mid-generational jump to the one x and then the series but it feels really really good to play it it's really snappy there's not a whole lot to it the hardware itself i gotta say like specifically it smelled so good coming right out the box and it's just one of those like it's fresh plastic um and i I don't know it's just one of those clean smells yeah and it it was just Just you love it you open it up and instead of like the gold coming out of uh jules's briefcase kind of thing it's just the smell wafting up to you that makes you say like hell yeah this is a good console yeah Uh, it's just the smell you want to live in yeah uh you just want to live in that smell that was really nice uh and i guess it's a it's a boon to xbox's uh or microsoft's development that everything transferred over immediately it's like i'm playing on the same console just much faster and it didn't that is nice yeah it didn't feel like a setup and i think that's one of the big things for console gaming you don't have to fight through all this setup and installation and piecing everything together it just works and it worked i think that's one of the things too that you're you just spoke of that i think kind of turned me off of console gaming you know as time went on was that backwards compatibility that you're saying, you know, I booted it up and it was all there and Microsoft was ready to transfer everything over. And yeah, yeah, I just felt like there were so many, you know, consoles back in my day where it was like, yeah, you, you have to get the new console to play these new games, but Oh, if you want to still play the old games, you better, you know, you better be running in two AV cables because you're not playing the old games on the new console. Like you're not going to be able to do that. You're not gonna be able to download old games on the new console either. And Microsoft is, awesome about that i mean they go all the way back to the original xbox yeah um and they've got a lot of the rare games on the banjo kazooie yep. the first one i was playing on my xbox one yep. just the other day uh and i with game pass i downloaded it for free yep. um and so there's a lot of really they understand a lot of those old fresh old generational frustrations and they're fixing a lot of yep. it playstation still has a lot of playstation has backward compatibility issues up the wazoo i mean they have so yeah. many i mean can I play a PS4 on a PS3? Can I play a PS5 on a, you know, can I play a PS2 on a PS5? Can I, you know, they have all. And it's so frustrating. Like people have been calling for it at the PS4. Like people were freaking out over PS2 compatibility and all this stuff. And they had a whole generation and I'm sure development is difficult. 
And so, you know, who am I to armchair this at all? But it is something that, like, I'm surprised that they didn't come out with anything. I will say, I guess, just moving a little bit past the the console talk, uh, because I didn't get a PS5. I am upset about it because it just wasn't realistic to spend a thousand dollars this yeah. fall. Um, I will be getting it probably in the summer, some point. But their new controller seems like that is the big generational talk like the thing that makes it feel like hey there is something new to discuss and that's the all the haptic feedback where you can feel like let's say in dark souls well demon souls i guess you go and you strike and it, you hit a shield and it glances off that shield you're gonna feel that in the trigger a lot more than just a standard rumble you'll feel it kind of like push back in the same way that your sword bounces off um which is it it's it seems so minor, but I feel like what we were talking about earlier with the audio cues in certain games being like integral. Yeah. I feel like that could be something that just takes that to the next step where you feel it and it's just automatic and you know it. That's that's um, the change where you're like, yes, this is this is where I put my five hundred dollars yeah. for that right there. Right. The ergonomics and the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like that responsive back the responsive yeah of the controller. And it's, it's again, like they went different directions with it. Microsoft has a great controller. They've always had a great controller and they have a don't uh, fix what's not broken mentality, which is great, but it's just like, just do a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I think our next segment, our next thing that we were going to talk about was game awards, right? Yeah. Or did I, we have something in between? I had the game awards specifically for game of the year, the conversation for, the best games that came out this year and kind of the forerunners and maybe some under the cover big winners that maybe people aren't talking about. But so are you saying that for our uh, like a personal or the actual the the new nominations? Uh, maybe both, today? maybe a little bit of both, maybe some personal bias and just kind of like how I think those games reflected across the communities this year. OK, so um, uh, by the way, the Game Awards is going to be on December 10th. Um, so that's what two weeks from now, just over two weeks from now. So it'll be the week, it'll be it's a Thursday. two episodes from now, is when we would talk about it, yeah. I guess. That's a Thursday. So, what did you think about the nominations, though? What did you think of the game of the year? So, obviously, you have the, the big front runners that are going to be on there, regardless. You kind of have Nintendo's prized possession, Animal Crossing, yeah, yeah. the one the that list. made them all the money this year. Yes. No, and it really did. And it was funny because I was talking to my friend and I was like, you know, I think it, it's a pretty big front runner for game of the year. And they were like, oh, you mean the the game that everybody who had a switch played for like three weeks and then stopped? And I was like, yeah. no, dude, like this is the game that everybody like only played for like three and a half months. Yeah. They, Animal Crossing New Horizons came out at the best possible time it could have. <laughs> right, right, right when COVID hit, all it was about was staying indoors working on your island, working on your home decor, pretending you're talking outside. to your neighbors, pretending yeah. you're outside, going on trips. It's like that. I mean, it was the game of the year. It was the game of this like COVID, you know. Right. It's it's one of those of like the apocalypse. It's in the cultural conversation of how we dealt with COVID at the beginning yes. of this year. Like yes. switches sold out again because of yeah. Animal Crossing and COVID. Yes. Whenever it comes to Animal Crossing, do you think it would be on the game of the year list at all outside of COVID? 
Uh, I think I think probably still I think probably still yes. I mean, the hype for Animal Crossing was still incredibly widespread. I mean, when they showed that another Animal Crossing was coming out, one that was akin to the very first one on the GameCube, yeah, people were going bonkers because the one on the GameCube sold so well because of just how simple it was. And New Horizons took everything about the GameCube version and just, I mean, exponentially made it greater. I mean, they added gameplay into certain things that were boring in the GameCube version and they added even more options and you get to actually customize your character before you go onto the island instead of just like picking random yes or no questions to vary the look of your character. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think absolutely Animal Crossing was Nintendo's huge selling point this year. And I definitely think it would have topped the list even if we weren't all forced to be indoors and away from friends. Um, let's see. It looks like number two is Doom Eternal that I've got. And by the way, I'm reading this off of the IGN uh, released game of the year nominations. Uh, the list may look different elsewhere. I'm not really sure. But Doom Eternal id software. Is there something like I don't really have a whole lot to say about Doom Eternal. It looked great, but I didn't touch it. I also have not touched it. Uh, I just know that uh, when Doom did come back to the scene in 2016, people did think that was a commercial success. Yeah. And, it, and it has a big speedrunning community behind it. I can only assume Doom Eternal yeah. uh, sat well with a lot of speedrunners as well. Um, but yeah, I have yet to play it. Uh, I've even yet to play the 2016 Doom. I impulse bought it during a Steam sale forever ago, and mm-hmm. I just haven't installed it and played it because I, like, I have like 200 unplayed games in my Steam library right. that are just sitting there collecting dust. So that, that'll be a that'll be a Twitch stream for another day of just like let's just go through it. Yes. let's play ten minutes of every one, and I'll be yes. here for two months. Yeah, and uh, I'll yeah I'll just sit there installing and uninstalling yeah, forty yeah. my games on my PC. Which uh, I was thinking, and I'm gonna come. I'll come back to this whenever I guess we do our uh, our own shoutouts our own promos. But I've got an idea along those regards for what I'm gonna do on Twitch. Uh, oh, good. coming up for streaming but uh final fantasy 7 remake uh, i played it i played it all the way through i actually never played the original i knew the phenomenon that it was yep. and the remake was phenomenal i yep. hated 15 i hated 13 they i thought they were just i don't know they they just don't they never caught me sure um, and so whenever re- final fantasy 7 remake came out it That's actually is, really interesting that you hated 15, but liked the seven remake. Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, it just has to do with them going from that big open world that felt, you know, populated, but empty. There wasn't a whole yeah. lot to do and like really refining it down into a focused narrative where you go from fight to fight and you don't, you're not wandering around. And I think we talked about this earlier. You're somewhat of a completionist in general. And I start to get like that too to the point that open world games will get overwhelming. Yeah. Um, like Assassin's Creed, I've put 15 hours into it, and that's really just for the first section out of 10 different sections in the world. Yeah. Um, because I just, I've got to get that next thing and the next thing, and I've got to clear out those markers. You're climbing all the waypoints. You're, you know, yeah. jumping into all the hay bales. Exactly. Kind of and, and so it gets overwhelming. And Final Fantasy yeah. VII Remake sort of, there are things to find, but it got rid of a lot of that. And it's very focused in a way that I was able to just uh, zone in and go after it. And it was still about 40 hours, I think, by the time I beat it. Sure. Uh, but it was a focused 40 hours. Yeah, I will say that I, I did not play the remake uh, just because I didn't have access to it. But 
uh, from the streams that I watched, because a lot of my friends did play the game, I will say that it did feel like they really focused on every specific part of the map having its own specific purpose. Yeah. And it was like, I go down this alley and there are two guys there and there is like an actual real time event or even just like dialogue that these two guys are having and they're providing opportunities for voice actors literally just to do like this thing in the back. Right. And um, it, so it all felt very purposeful. Yeah. And it, it comes down to it. It builds the world more. You don't have to go talk to those guys. You don't, it, again, like you were saying, it's sort of in the background, but it feels, it, it makes the feel, world feel more alive in a way that 15 just did not do. Sure. Um, I can understand that. In terms of game releases, we had some really insane highs this year that yep. are all on this game of the year list, of course, obviously, like every year. But it also feels like looking back on the time that I spent playing games this year, these are the only ones I played. There wasn't beyond this list. I can't think of much competition that would have. Sure. It wasn't like a really heated like these are the 10 and who knows who's going to make it. It was like it was here's the what? Six. six. Yeah, yeah. That are these are the givens. What else do you got? Nothing. Right. Um, yeah. So that's a little weird. But Ghost of Tsushima, I played. I did not beat. Again, I got way overwhelmed by the open world and stopped about halfway through. Um, and I really like it. It's really, really pretty. Yeah, that's I again have not played that one as well. Uh just from what I saw of it, it did look like an interesting game. Maybe not my kind of game. Yeah. But I always, I do always appreciate a game's graphics and right. and what the developers put into the artistic side of a game. I, um, I want to say like it has one of my favorite features in any open world game I've ever played, where you can play your flute and it will clear up the weather. And so, like, if you're part of the feature, also is if you play the ninja uh, assassin style then you're you get caught up in more storms so that's kind of annoying to me because the storm this is a beautiful world and the storms sort of dull everything down and i guess that's intentional right but yeah uh you can take out your flute and i'm i know that's the wrong word for it uh but you can take out your flute you can play it and it will clear up and the sun comes out and it's instant pretty much it's maybe 10 seconds that it takes and it's sure. such a cool feature that every open world should be doing. Uh, just giving yeah, that you is that. really interesting. Just giving you that secondary option. Yeah. If like, I really want to prefer to play the game. And that's a big thing with Assassin's Creed that I'm playing. And a storm will run through and I'm just more annoyed. And I just like, I want that feature back. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to Hades. I feel like Hades, we're going to have a lot to say. Um, I've, I'm guessing you've watched a lot in terms of just it's, everywhere i've played it a ton okay, sweet yeah because so. me too so we'll come back to that uh last of us part two fantastic story mired in controversy and hate um and i want it to win because of that um i want it to just sort of present itself as a gfy to everyone that freaked out over it and everyone that got so upset because it was an excellent game um, it was one of the most well-crafted video game experiences I've ever had in my life. It just felt like an experience all the way through. There are twists and turns that I guess I won't spoil here that 
um, I guess I always hate that actually. The idea of saying there's a twist ruins that there's a twist, but whatever. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why people say that. I, I see, really disagree. I always uh, like if someone I, I I don't like watching trailers for movies a lot of times because I don't want to go into it knowing anything. Uh, and so for someone oh, to so the opposite, that's so interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. If someone says like, "Hey, there's a twist," I'm like, "Now I know something," and now I, I and I don't know why, but that. Yeah, but it, you know what that you don't know what that thing is. I know, but you're waiting for it. You're sitting there the whole time. You're like, "Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen?" And I am really obnoxious. I'm one of those moviegoers uh, where if my wife's sitting next to me, I'm kind of like leaning over and being like, "I think this is gonna happen." She's like, "Shut up! No one cares, and you're gonna be wrong." the movies with you yeah and so like having that twist looming over me i'm i'm just the whole time looking for it but last of us part two fantastic game it's about 20 hours which i would say runs a little bit long but for a single player narrative to take 20 hours and just feel like just maybe a little long maybe by two hours and that's it is an incredible feat for the company uh for naughty dog which it's their bread and butter. I mean, this is yeah. what they do. And they did it yeah. so well. Um, all right. So Hades. What do you think of Hades? So I I think I think Hades just just off the fact that Hades really only became a game last month, and for it to already have hit the game of the year nominees, I think is an even bigger achievement than the gfy last of us 2 yeah. story yeah. and i can appreciate that completely not that i played last of us or last of us part two hopefully i'll eventually get to those games because i only hear like rave reviews like yeah. i only hear that it's like one of the best video game experiences ever i'm again hearing a ditto from you right. um but so i bought hades when it was in early access and you know a friend had recommended it to me he was like this game is really cool. I'm a big fan of roguelikes. And he was like, just try it. It doesn't have achievements or anything yet, which is kind of a letdown to me. I am a big achievement hunter when it comes to PC games and when it comes to just games in general, being a completionist. And so I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, what's the motivation I have to play the game if there's no achievements, if it's in early yeah. access, how much are they going to change? And I was blown away by the lore, by the story, by the combat system, by the boons, like... I mean, everything in that game just felt so untouched and like so yeah. it baffled me how easy the game seemed. And it was like it took until 2020 for a game like this to be made. Right. And then not only that, but they did so well in early access and had so much support that they were like, yeah, we're just going to like full blown. We're just going to shove some achievements in there and like we're just going to release it to some streamers and see how it goes. And it exploded. I mean, yeah. everybody is playing this game right now. And it's just, I can, so I never played in the, in early access. I just played whenever it came out and I'm yeah. playing it on switch and the switch port is perfect. By the way, I, I maybe have a drop in frames on occasion, but it's so clearly it's such a good audience game as well. Like, and I, oh, yeah. I don't think it was necessarily made with that in mind. Um, but it does come down to this just like there are big uh, nail biting skin of your teeth moments where you come out on top. And I still have not, by the way, uh, seen credits, which 
So I haven't even gotten to the okay. end game. So stuff. You, you have much different experience than I do then for sure. How many, uh, how many hours have you put in? Um, I, I don't know the hours that I've put in, but I know that I have, I have cleared the game uh, upwards of 10 times. So like I have seen the credits enough time and, and unlocked a little bit more content. Yeah. So I did watch but, a, um, uh, Jay Walter Weatherman on Twitch. He's yeah. uh, a guy from this MinMax community that I'm part of. I watched him streaming some in-game stuff and just the customization options for how you want your run to look like and how you want your run to play out. It's incredible the the amount that they have put into this um, to keep people coming back, first of all, but also to just make sure that your experience feels tailor-made to you and to what you just want, oh, yeah. what you feel like you want to do in that moment. Absolutely. And I know we shut down this thought earlier, but... Man, you talk about a speed game. Hades is nuts. It is a crazy, crazy speed run. Another reason why, I mean, just the community I I run in, that's why I see all these people playing is they're just like, well, I'm going to try to race to the end and beat, you know, the thing as fast as possible. And I mean, I just think it's a phenomenal game. I mean, I would be, I would not be shocked at all to see it walk away with game of the year. I think so too. I think Animal Crossing in the end has no chance in hell. Uh, just with what it's, uh, I see, I completely understand why it's up on the list. Uh, but I don't, I would agree with you. Final Fantasy Remake, I think, is close. It really, to me, comes down to Hades, Last of Us, and Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I, I want Hades to win because I want that. I love super giant games. Uh, I played Bastion so much whenever it came out on the 360. Great uh, game for Summer of Arcade. It was so good. Uh, I never picked up Pyre or Transistor. Um, yes, I didn't pick those up. I have up. not played either of those either. But coming back to Supergiant Games since what? I think that was like 2009 whenever um, <clears throat> Bastion came out. I think it was 2009, yeah. And feeling like there's just such a through line in terms of theme and thematic choices. And like this is the same developer in a yeah. way that it's so strong and so uniquely them. And you just want that win for them. And I think they could do it. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you, I guess, want to call out in terms of the other, uh, in terms of the other categories? Uh, I had only done research for game of the year. Um, yeah. Just, just to see what, you know, what, what, what nominees were up against each other. And, and that I agree with you that I think, I think uh, Supergiant Games does have a big mountain to climb against, uh, you know, Final Fantasy Square Enix and uh, Naughty Dog, The Last of Us. Yeah. But, but again, I, I would be, I would not be shocked to see it walk away like underneath being like, Haha, we just, we just released this game last month. Suckers, right. like, look at how we're doing it. You don't have to have this big, amazing studio to win game of the year. You just got to have like a clear concept, a clear idea that is, that's nimble and sleek and it looks good and it feels good. And you know what I mean? You, and you could just start up another one. Right. And the replay value is insane. And it feels welcoming to um, people that are, I'm not a roguelike person. I don't, I get very frustrated with those types of games. I think one of the biggest ones this year was uh spire. Oh man. What was it called? Not spire. Slay the spire. Slay the spire. Yeah. 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 Um, and I played a little bit of it on Game yep. Pass, and it just frustrated the hell out of me. Um, and so, but Hades, 
feels so rewarding every run in a way that it's not only the game giving you buffs um, for the next run, but it is a way of I am damn good with this shield now because yeah. I have been running with this shield over and over again. And I've gotten used yes. to it. And yeah. it, it, there's very few games like that that I feel like. But not only that, not only that, but it's like, hey, you've been using the shield for a while. If you start using the spear, yeah. we'll give, we'll you, give you a little bit of a bonus. Yeah. Right? And, like there's never been a game out there that's like, yeah, like, oh, what benefit do I get from picking this character now? Right. And I feel like there are certain game, there are certain weapons in that game that I hate. I can't stand the fists. Yeah, um, I hate the fists. They're I awful. I absolutely hate the fists. But I will run with them, and I will get pretty far with them, and I'll surprise myself yep. whenever I make it all the way towards the end. Um, yes. Again, I guess people still haven't played it, so I don't want to get too far into it, but right. I'll get towards the end, and I'll be like, how the hell did I make it that far with those fists? Yep. I but agree. Then you just still feel more power, all the more powerful as a player because of that uh, yeah. in a way that's really, really awesome. And I always wonder if there's a little bit of behind the scenes stuff that they're not necessarily depicting for you where uh, some of the randomization isn't as random or some sure. of the damage levels aren't as random. And I have no basis for that statement besides yeah. the fact that I'm a terrible uh, <laughs> terrible at games. And so a terrible roguelite player. Yeah. yeah. And so whenever I'm playing this, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this good. Like it's got to be the game supporting me in some way. Yeah behind the scenes but i don't know i think the really cool thing that hades has going for it as well and obviously this won't tune into their game of the year nominee status or anything but the world of greek mythology is so vast and deep in that if they want to come out with another update where they introduce another titan to give you boons and stuff like that hell they've got the chance to do it and they're like bam here you go here comes you know hephaestus He's going to craft up your weapons and he's going to make them even better. And, uh, you, you know, know, here comes here comes Apollo, God of the sun. Right. Look at the sun, you know, the sun boons now or whatever. And have they done anything? And I guess uh, I don't whatever. I don't know if this is spoilers. I guess spoilers ahead uh, if they have done something with this. But have they done anything with the chorus? Like the idea of a chorus being integrated into the game? To my knowledge, no. That would be. Uh, but that's that's me putting in only so many hours. I have not hundred percent of the game if, per se. Yeah. I haven't got all the achievements or unlocked all the content yet. But I have not seen the resemblance of the Greek chorus like you would see in like Greek theater plays or anything like that. Yeah, I think I think that could be something where you have your narrator that. Um, what is the main character's name? Zagreus. Zagreus. I was, you know, thinking Zachariah, but uh, yeah. that Zagreus replies to the narrator. They've got their little quips that go back and forth. They're always great. And having someone like a chorus also chime in, yeah, uh, maybe a little much, but it's an opportunity, I think, that they could also in- introduce later on in some way. Um, and th- like you were saying, there's just such a vast literal pantheon of uh, characters that they haven't even used yet. Yeah that it's incredible and i wonder too is this game going to because of its popularity is it going to now dwarf development on future super giant stuff like i couldn't imagine it wouldn't it's gonna have a hand in it we're always gonna feel hades and their games from here on out but i wonder if 
things are being pushed back if they're just like let's just dive let's into this dive and, all in on this yeah and that's a good question and i don't know what that means to have like a development team and maybe to hire new people to work on a different game yeah. while other people are still working on the old game and making sure it stays relevant and up to date and stuff and then at what point are you like okay the game is like final it's good right but i do think that you know final fantasy 7 last of us 2 if they win the game of the year it's sort of like same old same old yeah but if hades takes game of the year it's like whoa hold up a second like this kind of changes things right right it opens what, it up what is going to change for the future for gaming in terms of like hey look at this like small studio that beat out these like huge companies right i i i'm right there with you i want i do want that last of us uh the last of us in your face sort of win a little bit uh but i think hades would be the better story hades would be i want to say uncharted 4 one whenever it came out like naughty dog they get it they're gonna win in a bunch of categories this year they're gonna take away a lot of things i think hades it would be more interesting. And also, speaking of Hades, real quick, uh, Logan Cunningham as Hades is in running for best performance. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I think would be... Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Zagreus isn't in the running. I think sure. Hades is a fantastic character and a fantastic voice and performance. But Zagreus feels so comfortable in like like an old friend whenever you play and he has yeah. some little one-off um, and it just has that familiarity to it that I would think would make it. But he voice, he does voice a ton of the characters. He does not only voice Hades. Oh, really? He does, okay. he does Hades, Poseidon, the storyteller and like a, a slew of other characters. Oh, okay. So, so it's maybe like that's why he's on there. It's sort of like the bulk of his voices, right? They're just putting it for Hades, but yeah, it's in recognition to Hades is obviously his biggest one. Right. Right. Being the arch rival of the game. Um, okay. Well, I think, uh, we can always, we've got one more episode coming out before the winners or the winners. So we can always come back and discuss more game of the year stuff in our general discussion area. Uh, A couple things before we go in terms of housekeeping. And I know I probably should have put some of this up front a little bit, but whatever we're learning. Uh, this will be probably a bi-weekly. Is that the right phrase? Twice a month? Every um, other week. Yeah. Every other week. We're going to come out. Uh, is bi-weekly every other week or is I, it twice a week? I think it's every other I think week. It's every other week. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bi-weekly, going to be a bi-weekly podcast generally around this format. We'll go and do our news seg- segment first. Then we'll do general discussion about whatever major topics we feel like discussing because it's our podcast. Of course, what we want to start doing in the future is maybe bringing in some guests, some community content in terms of if anyone has any questions for us, feel free to put it, uh, to send it to um, SHM or myself. I'm going to be developing a lot of the social media um, over the course of the next week or so. And so once I get locked in by the next episode, I should have a lot of those names and a lot of those things. Generally, if you look up Press X to Doubt, uh, you're going to see a lot of memes, but hopefully we can get that press X to doubt Twitter handle and <laughs> Gmail. Uh, and so that way we can have that for questions and for news and for information. Uh, <clears throat> for myself, uh, like I said, at the top of the episode, I am on Twitch 
as Grandpappy W. I almost said Wilkie. Grandpappy W. Uh, and I have a wonderful, amassed, a huge community of three people. Um, one is my co-host here, SHM. The other one is my bot. Uh, just some bot that I guess is in everybody's basically. And then a third was a nice guy that dropped into one of my Baldur's Gate 3 streams and hung out for a little while, which I could go on about Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, fantastic game. If you like D&D, which I know you do, you should definitely play it. Uh, fantastic. Where uh, where should people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter at, uh, at Secret Humor Man, and I'm also on Twitch at Secret Humor Man. So uh, do you have any... Come check me out. Do you have any big streams coming up this week? Do you have anything that you want to sort of plug in terms of? I am simply streaming and running and doing practice of games. Uh, I will have a big announcement probably when we hit December uh, for a stream that's coming soon. But nothing for the time being. Just come and hang out and poke me with questions or comments or concerns or anything. If you want to know anything else about speedrunning, I'm sure speedrunning is something that's going to constantly be brought up. Yeah, in these episodes, maybe maybe not constantly, but it'll be a I big topic. On. Yeah, so if you're interested in any of that, feel free to drop on by. I'll answer your questions as best as I can. All right. Well, I think um, we, oh, man, are we hitting two hours now? Uh, I think it'll be an hour and a half, two hours by the time we are all done. Uh, so we really thank you guys for sticking around, for hanging out, and for listening to us chat and ramble. I hope. If you have any feedback for our episodes, again, feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter. By the way, I am for P.T. Wilkie on Twitter, P-T-W-I-L-L-K-E on Twitter, so I am available. That's a more personal one, so we'll see how that ends up going. Uh, but if you have any feedback, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we hope that you're enjoying it, and we want to make the best podcast we can for people. Perfect. Uh, good to go. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Thanks, guys. Sweet. Uh, I like that. That was fun. Oh, yeah. I don't get to talk about video games very often.